Hey, welcome back to Mobile First. I'm your host, Jordan Bryant. Every week, I sit down with industry leaders to unlock how they are creating effective mobile experiences that make an impact for their businesses so that you can understand the perspective and tactics to replicate their success. If you're new to the show, Mobile First is the media child of Emerge Interactive, a digital experience company with two decades of creating highly performing digital products out of Portland, Oregon. We believe that every digital product owner deserves a clear vision, plan of action, and the right capabilities to create effective digital experiences that help to increase sales and performance. This week on Emerge Mobile First, a conversation with Nate Fortin, VP of Design at Evernote. I think it's it's really what I would say is the poster child for an analog life or the simple life. And in many ways, you know, today I look back on that and kind of miss that simplicity. And I think we all do, particularly if you're in the Bay Area or one of the tech centers in the world. Mr. Nate Fortin has served as the Vice President of Design at Evernote since November 2015, where he leads the team responsible for delivering user interface designs, providing user experience education, driving seamless experience across product lines, and supporting design thought leadership and execution company-wide. Before joining Evernote, Nate was a Senior Director at Motorola Mobile Devices in Sunnyvale, California, where he drove user-centered design practices high-quality design execution, and cross-functional design management through the conceptualization and creation of innovative and compelling experiences for Motorola mobile devices. Prior to that, he was the founding director of the visual interaction design and branding practice at Cooper, the pioneering user experience design and strategy firm. He holds a bachelor's degree in design from the University of Cincinnati College of Design, Architecture, Art, and Planning. Nate, thank you for joining us. Really excited to have you here. Thanks, Jordan. Really excited to be here. Yes, I am a huge fan of Evernote. The average person uses 26 apps a month, and I use Evernote every single day to put things in perspective. So I think we're going to have a really great conversation here. And before we dive into those insights, though, I'd like to spend just a little bit of time getting to know you a little bit better and understanding what makes you tick. So Nate, what are you most passionate about in your profession and why? I think the thing that has really been with me throughout my entire life is a fascination with with digital product and digital design. And I think how that intersects with making things to solve problems. So I would say, I think as we talk today, I think you'll see that as a common thread throughout many of the answers that I'll give to you. You didn't come from a background where this was really easily accessible to you. So can you maybe talk a little bit about how you stumbled upon this passion? That's actually really interesting. I really grew up in a very small town in the southwestern corner of New Hampshire. So, you know, this is an environment where it's mostly about trees and John Deere tractors. I think it's, it's really what I would say is the poster child for an analog life or the simple life. And in many ways, you know, today I look back on that and kind of miss that simplicity. And I think we all do, particularly if you're in the Bay Area or one of the tech centers in the world, we live this fast-paced life. And I think we're all looking for something simpler. And I think that really has come back full circle today with the mission of Evernote and really trying to put people back in control of their life uh, and the information and ideas that they need to achieve their goals. And so then from now, New Hampshire, can you talk about the journey from that simple life to now being the VP 
of design for Evernote and what that transition was like to get into this this mobile technology sphere. For me, it really started with a fascination with digital experiences, you know, from the you know first release of the Atari and seeing how pixels could move on screen to create an experience to, again, kind of in the middle of nowhere, New Hampshire, somehow getting my hands on an Amiga computer, which was kind of a high-end graphics computer at the time. Uh, I have no idea how I convinced my parents to give me that, but really being able to use that and see that as a tool where you could make things, you know, it started with art, but kind of bled into, you know, typing in computer programs from magazines and seeing how you could use this tool to create experiences, to kind of experience what others have made. And I think that really springboarded into what I wanted to do when I grew up, right? I first, I, I was interested in art and that was my favorite subject at school, but I didn't really see a career path to that. And I think a lot of us that have got into the industry maybe started that way, but seeing how graphic design created an opportunity to use art in a professional setting to help solve problems. And then later in college, not only learning the foundational principles from kind of the Bauhaus and the kind of Swiss approach to design for not just identity, but everything from environmental systems to the application to product, seeing how that intersect with the new media that was starting to emerge in the web and in multimedia kiosks and the ability to use digital to produce an experience that could intersect with business and intersect with people's lives to change them and make them better. So I think that's really, you know, a main thread, I guess, from how I got from this small town in New Hampshire to being immersed in the digital industry from the web to the desktop experience to mobile and now at Evernote where we combine really all of those things into an an experience that millions of users appreciate. Just looking at your history, you had a pretty awesome opportunity in how you could use this passion and as an outlet with this Droid initiative that you're working on. Can you maybe explain a little bit about that and the experience that you got from that and then how that carried over into Evernote? Yeah, I think you're referencing my time at Motorola. So, you know, I think there's a couple of really big initiatives that I had the opportunity to be involved with the kind of larger design team there. One was really developing the droid kind of brand and experience for Verizon. You know, it's really about harnessing the power of Android and bringing that to the masses, if you will. And I think droid is is certainly a big part of, you know, the Android story that we kind of know and and love today. And so that experience of of really how do you kind of curate an experience for people that is accessible and approachable. But I think probably what I'm you know, most proud of is the work we did around Moto X, which, you know, was really a shift in philosophy uh, at the time for how we thought about the mobile device. At the time, there was a a war around who could put out the most features. And, you know, is this kind of race for differentiation. And I think what we're starting to see is a lot of bloat on the phones, which frankly made them much harder to use. And I think with Moto X, we, we looked at the Google acquisition as an opportunity to really change the way we thought about that. And instead of delivering 150 features on the the latest release, we scaled that back and said, how about we just deliver four or five features that really make a difference in people's lives? So that's where 
the always on display came where the phone gave you information, even when it's just sitting on a table, when you're not interacting with it, the ability to talk to your phone, even in the off state, the disengaged state where you can issue commands, find out about what's coming up in your day without having to actually do uh, a lot of work um, and do that in a very natural way from the ability to recognize the importance of context. So a phone ought to operate differently when you're in a car driving than when you're sitting at home. And if the phone can recognize that and to facilitate an experience that's frankly safer and more productive, you know, people appreciate that. So it was really those sorts of things that I think in, are encapsulated in, in what the, the Moto X represented. And I think we're starting to see some of those things come into the mainstream of phones just now, frankly, today. But to me, it's something that I'll always kind of remember and appreciate that process of, of making that shift and producing that product. Can you give a couple examples of what you're talking about there, those things that are coming into mainstream? Well, I mean, I think if you look at, for example, the way some of the latest Android phones work, like they start to capture that experience of, for example, being able to talk to the phone and get responses back in a natural way without having to do a lot of interaction or without having to adjust your language in unnatural ways would be kind of one example. Google Assistant in particular. I see. Okay. And then how had you transitioned from Motorola to then uh, Evernote? What captured your interest about Evernote? Yeah, I mean, I think the vision of Evernote is really powerful. You know, it really started 10 years ago with Stepan, our founder, realizing that we're entering into a new age, an information age, where information and ideas are essential to everything we do, right? And ultimately, you know, the concept of memory as, you know, a core of that really being a representation of ourselves. And if, we, if we're forgetting things, we're sort of losing a, a piece of ourselves in that process. And I think at the same time, realizing that we were outstripping anyone's capability to keep pace with the information, its scale, and the speed at which it comes to us. So, you know, you just look around today uh, to your left and to your right, everybody's miserable because it's impossible to stay organized. It's impossible to really be productive in a world where our brains just no longer can, uh, can keep up. And so uh, that, I think that vision of Evernote recognized that like 10 years ago and really working towards you know, in our mission, a solution to that. How do we extend the brain to be able to remember everything, to be able to work smarter and ultimately succeed together. I think those in a world where information is at the epicenter of everything that we do, I think that's really exciting to me. And Nate, for those who may not know what Evernote is, can you give us a quick description of who you guys are and what you do? Evernote really at its heart is a product that allows you to create, uh, capture, nurture, and turn your information ideas into action. That's really the, in its simplest form, whatever it's all about. And I think the problem it's really trying to solve is this idea of information overload that we all face. And like I said earlier, our inability to be able to tackle that problem on our own, right? And how do we extend people's capabilities so that they can get back in control of the information ideas in their, in their life and, and frankly, feel more productive and more organized and ultimately more successful. And so Evernote serves over, what, 220 million people? Is that right? That's right. I think it's up to 220 million 
users these days, which is a huge responsibility, but one I think that is another exciting aspect of, of working here is that ultimately, you know, we can impact this problem for people all around the world. Right. It was one of the first mobile first applications, so which is really exciting to know that something like this could be at this scale when mobile is still so new and fresh, the capabilities that mobile provides. Can you maybe talk a little bit about what you and your immediate team are responsible for for Evernote? I uh, manage the product design team here, and ultimately we're responsible for all the product experiences uh, across Evernote, right? So for us, you know, I think at the heart of it, uh, for us to successfully achieve our vision, we have to be wherever ideas and information are. So very platform agnostic. That means we have to have strong, robust desktop experiences across Windows and Mac uh, and the web for that matter. But mobile is obviously a game changer for us. It puts a supercomputer in your pocket and gives you always on access to the services we provide, no matter where you are on the planet. And I think for us, that's a reason why I think Evernote was first to mobile first and while it continues to be an essential part of the way we think about the product. When you were mentioning Moto X a little earlier, you had mentioned that you identified this bloating of features and it was something that it was kind of common that was taking place. But then it's really interesting you coming from a background that was really simple. And I think it really provides you an approach to be able to simplify and how you had that experience at Moto X. And I think I'd like to relay that to what took place earlier in the year with Evernote and how you guys rebuilt it. And I think with mobile apps, it's really easy to get caught up in what's possible and you're adding features and it, and it can become overly robust. And sometimes it takes the ability to then be able to look and remember what that core concept was that really created the value in the first place. And that was something you were able to do. So I think unpacking what that rebuilt was like for you guys and what the process was that you went through to, to come to that epiphany would be really interesting. Can you maybe talk about that a little bit, Nate? Yeah, that's a great question. When I joined a couple of years ago, one of the first things that I started to look at was the mobile experience and particularly our experience on iOS. It's a hugely important part of our overall portfolio. And one of the things that I recognized was that while the product is a really amazing superpower for millions of people, I really believe that there was an opportunity to expand that who we could address to make the product more accessible. And so we started to talk with people who use the product. We started to study how they use the product and, and we spent some time with them. And out of that, we developed some hypothesis on how we could improve the product. You know, that led to a series of experiments where, you know, ultimately we tested some of those ideas. A lot of them were wrong. And I think, you know, that's one of the things that is an important learning lesson. I think, frankly, the whole industry is sort of learning this, that even the best designers are wrong more often than not. And so you need to adapt your process in such a way where you expect to be wrong and that you test for that early on so that you can focus on the good ideas and they can bring those to fruition um, in more repeatably and successful, successful ways. But it was really involving our users and our people that benefit from our product in the process and having a conversation with them throughout that process that led to much greater focus on the things that are most important to people. Things like being able to work at the speed of thought, putting the ability to create a note 
front and center in a way that's instantly accessible. The choice to bring notes forward so that you could return to the last things you're working on. They can immediately access your content without having to go through uh, layers of choices. Uh, it would be another example. Just want to do a quick recap. So I think that this is really important. So you talked with some of your users or many of your users, and then you created several hypotheses. And with these, tested all of them and found that many of them were wrong. Can you maybe talk about that process of how you came up with these hypotheses and then what some of these that you found were wrong, why they were wrong? Yeah, like a perfect example of that would be we sat down with people who are using the product and we just observed how they were using the product. We were watching how, like, how they translate an idea into a note in the application. We noticed that there was a lot of friction between those two events. And there was a huge opportunity for us to streamline that. A lot of the philosophy of Evernote is to get Evernote out of the way between your ideas and the capture of those ideas. And so by changing the way that the interface presented itself, we were able to dramatically increase the speed at which people could get from idea to a note. Interesting. So do you have a custom KPI that you track to determine that? Yeah. I mean, I think measurement is a big part of what I'm talking about here. It's like, you know, the nature of developing a hypothesis, constructing an experiment requires that you also measure the results of that experiment. So you understand if you're actually improving the product, if the idea is, is fundamentally good and being thoughtful about how do you know you're right or wrong. So I think the example of measure, like a KPI, key performance indicator for speed to note is a perfect example of something that's essential for us, right? That's how we know whether we're achieving that goal of getting out of the way and really supporting you in the capture of those ideas. Interesting. So the speed to note, and with that hypothesis that you tested, and then from that, you realized that there was some UI improvements to be made. How did that impact that speed to note? Do you have those numbers kind of, or just roughly top of mind? Yeah, I mean, I don't have the specific numbers, but I can right. tell you we, we we knocked seconds off of the time that that took. You know, I think a, a quantum leap difference in the experience, one that I think generally we've seen a lot of uh, good feedback from our community about. Awesome. And then so from that, what were some of the other outcomes that you saw? Was it increased reviews? Was it increased sharing, increased user acquisition? Were, were there some other tangible things that you saw from that? One of the biggest shifts that we saw was in engagement with the content itself. What we found was by a combination of putting the new note button and uh, the experience around that and the place that we did and designing experience we did there and placing the, your note content front and center, we saw a dramatic increase in just engagement with the notes themselves and the time people spent in notes, actually working with their ideas and thoughts. For us, I think that's a really uh, huge accomplishment, particularly when you start to apply those gains across the, the, the size of population that's represented by the Evernote community. Wow, that's really interesting. I definitely want to reiterate that because I think that there's some really interesting connections here. So first, sitting down with some users and just observing how they use it and seeing how long it takes them to get to the various areas of the application where they're receiving that value. And then once identifying some of these areas of friction, coming up with some hypotheses that you can implement and see how it actually affects these different KPIs. And you noticed in doing one and making a front and center, the speed to note was drastically cut down 
which increased content engagement and then time spent in the app. So really retention shot up. And that obviously makes the application extremely valuable as a whole, just the valuation of the company, knowing how it's engaging with users. That is really fascinating. Was there another example or is there something else you would like to add to that? An important aspect of this is to be opinionated. We're not necessarily going in and asking users, what do you want? And then building what they say. You know, in my experience, having done this for a long time, what I find is if you build exactly what people say, they're rarely happy about that because they're not designers and they're not thinking through all the implications of what sounds good. You know, so I think having an opinion and being decisive in in your design is the how you get from overwhelming complexity to an experience that's approachable and and streamlined and focused and effective. It was true for the Moto X and kind of reducing feature set down to just a small number of features that really matter. And it's true of Evernote today and and the decisions that we make every day to make a product that's better tomorrow than it is today. I love that. Have an opinion. People don't necessarily know what they want and they don't know how to ask for what they want, but by seeing how they behave, oftentimes that's really revealing. Yeah, and you go in with a hypothesis, but focus and observe um, and really with the goal of almost proving yourself wrong. You're looking to fail fast versus trying to find data to support your preconceived notions. I think that's the real key, I think, to to being successful in process. You have to commit to that. So I kind of want to make a transition here and step back a little bit and talk about now your philosophy for mobile. And we've drilled down pretty deep into the mobile app and that core experience and, and the process that you go through to make these improvements. But now thinking about how this then now is ubiquitous across all experiences that Evernote offers, maybe talking a little bit about where you think mobile experiences are going just in general, just by how you understand mobile. Sure. I mean, I think mobile experiences, there's a few things I would think bring to that conversation. One is I think the, nat- the fundamental nature of mobile is changing and I think becoming broader. I think traditionally, we're still very early I- into it, but I think mobile has been really focused on the smartphone as kind of the epicenter of mobile experiences. And I think for good reason, right? It's a supercomputer in your pocket, uh, as we talked about earlier, that gives you unprecedented access to digital services. Uh, But I think we're starting to see kind of a broadening. If you think about kind of some of the new input and products coming to the market in voice. So you have things like Google Home and Alexa and Cortana and a whole host of Internet of, of Things product that allow you to kind of engage. You start to see mobile become much more ubiquitous. It's not just a box in your pocket, but it's really represented in devices all around you in your environment itself. And I think that really changes the game. I mean, think about for Evernote. Like, where do you come up with ideas? Like, oftentimes in the shower. You probably don't have your mo- your mobile phone in the shower, right? But if you can talk to Alexa or you can talk to one of the other services like Google Home what have you, you can capture that idea in a way that you couldn't before. So I think it's some of the developments of mobile are really exciting for us because it's just a real authentic way for us to further our mission to, again, bring people back into control over the information and ideas in their life. So Nate, what is one of the coolest things you're working on right now that you want everyone to check out? I mean, I would say the work that we're doing around iOS to simplify that I would draw us back to there. I think, again, we're, we're constantly making improvements to the product across the, 
all dimensions. I think that's something that I would point people to for sure. And I think there's definitely some some interesting efforts around kind of expanding the capabilities of, of Evernote beyond not just helping individuals to be productive and to be organized, but recognizing to truly help individuals, we have to recognize that turning information into action typically requires more than just a single individual. So how do we expand Evernote to help that same individual when they're part of a team to not only stay organized as an individual, but also to gain a shared understanding with others and to work productively and to be successful when they're working on a team. So that's probably the thing I'm most excited about. We've obviously spent a lot of time talking about the mobile app, but what are some other areas that you'd recommend people go to keep tabs on the evolution that's taking place with Evernote? Yeah, I think there's actually a number of different places people could go to get that kind of information. We have a, a very robust blog that's available where a lot of our community spends a significant amount of time looking there. It's it's not just about the products themselves, which is you know certainly one of the main areas that we work to innovate around, but it's we really think about the problem as much larger than that. Like so there's a lot of work around how do you get organized? How do you become productive? And trying to bring some of that thinking and frankly bring the power of that product to more than just people who are already organized and already driven to be so, but to bring that to a larger population. And that's evernote.com forward slash blog. That's right. Obviously checking out the products themselves, going to the various play stores. Again, like Evernote is where information and ideas are. So you can pretty much find it everywhere, you know, download it and, and take a look. You know, I think there's a lot of, of interesting things to find there from, you know, being able to use your phone to capture a whiteboard to being able to capture notes using Siri to, you know, a host of other opportunities with the application. I think there's plenty to, to find there. Awesome. So yeah, we'll definitely make sure to link to that then in the show notes for everyone to check out and then even link to a couple of the articles that we find that we think would be interesting for, for also everyone to check out and make sure to tune in this Friday for a rapid fire round where Nate's going to be sharing some of his most valuable resources. Well, Nate, thank you for taking your time today and hanging out with us and, and really allowing us to see what your experience has been like to get to where you are now, as well as what you're working on at Evernote and really some of the bigger changes that have taken place earlier in this year and how you went about that. It was really insightful and we really appreciate taking the time. It was a pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. I really enjoyed the conversation. Hey, thank you for listening. For additional resources on how to increase sales and performance with your mobile experiences, head over to www.emergemobilefirst.com and select the Get Free Resources button there at the top and get instant exclusive access to tools and resources from all of our guests aggregated into one single place just for you. Now, I'm looking forward to digging in with my next guest, but until next time, think mobile first. Thank you.